The following program was paid for by the Bianchi Law Group, LLC. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMTR. As always, it is advisable to consult a professional before making a major decision. Robert A. Bianchi Esquire and David J. Bruno Esquire are New Jersey Supreme Court Certified Criminal Trial Attorneys of the Bianchi Law Group, LLC, handling criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases with a team of former prosecutors who fight the government when they charge their clients with crimes. 8 Campus Drive, Suite 105, Parsippany, New Jersey, 07054, 862-210-8570. So you've come here for the truth. Well, we've got the truth and nothing but the truth. Two of New Jersey's well-known former prosecutors bring you real-life encounters and candid conversations from thought-provoking guests ranging from all walks of life. Here you will find how today's thought leaders in their industries faced immense challenges and adversities with captivating stories ending in personal triumph and ultimate success. Come here for the truth and to know your most important rights, the right to live a fulfilled life, and your right to be your own success. Here are your hosts, Robert A. Bianchi and David J. Bruno. Welcome to WMTR Radio. It's nothing but the truth with your host, Bob Bianchi and Dave Bruno. It is a show about mindset success and uh, living your best life every Saturday at 1030. Podcast dropping on Wednesdays. Uh, Dave, uh, we've had some amazing guests and, and great people on this show, but we decided to do something a little bit different for the next two weeks. Why don't you let our audience know what that is? Yeah, well, it's the 10-year anniversary of the Bianchi Law Group. We started this firm 10 years ago, uh, specifically on April 2nd of 2013. And that was on the, on the heels of both of us coming out of the Morris County Prosecutor's Office, you being the head county prosecutor and me being assistant prosecutor. And uh, we decided to, to, to go on the other side. And, and yeah, opening up the practice in April of 2013 really was just an experience in and of itself for for everyone that does not know we started out at four york avenue in west caldwell and at the time bob your your dad angelo bianchi had office space with anthony colasanti and there were a series of other lawyers there and we had this little closet <laughs> really liter- literally a closet um it's we well, call it starts before that i think we called it the hovel the hovel yeah so you want to talk about the hovel I mean, the hovel was this space, that, and and I come I come to work with Bob, and I had yet to see where we were working, and and you walk into this beautiful entryway with a, a receptionist area and this awesome conference room that had like glass, and you could see into the conference room, and then and then Bob led me around the conference room through this door, which is basically like this huge unfinished room where there's construction materials and clothes there's a clothesline and all that <laughs> and there's another <laughs> there's another little door to the hovel and literally this and guys we're if you watch the video because we're going to put this in the video so you guys could see and maybe we'll do some social media too on the hovel but the hovel was a room that was full with junk literally junk it's like a wasteland and it had this circular small little table in the middle 
And that's where we had to work. I mean, we're surrounded by clothes and junk file and all, filing cabinets dust. and all kinds of things. <laughs> and we go, Bob goes from being the head Morris County prosecutor. And what was the budget at that office, Bob? Oh, it's like 11 plus million dollars a year. Right? Yeah. Uh, with, with the staff and the assistant prosecutors and detectives and sergeants, captains, lieutenants, chief, <laughs> all of, right? We go, from, we go from organization like that to the hovel. And that essentially was the start of the Bianchi Law Group on, on April 2nd of 2013, 10 years ago, Bob. Mm. And oh, what a journey it has been. Yes. So um, you, you we're kind of starting in the middle, right? But the, the hovel was interesting to me from a spiritual and resiliency standpoint. Oh, yeah. Like, like you said, I, and I, I don't know where this comes from. Um, I don't know, maybe it's Pollyannic thinking or whatever, but the, the more I go through life uh, and when I see the people that we've had on this show and I hear about their mindset, um, I've, I've come to realize that what seems peculiar to the way that the rest of the world looks at things, maybe not necessarily so. So like you said, I mean, a county prosecutor's job is amazing. You got lots of money and lots of staff and people to do your stuff for you and you're doing great work. And I always love the community affairs stuff that we did, including the prosecutions, trying cases, being in court, all that. And, um, and then all of a sudden thrown into this cold water, right? You're, you're, mm. you're literally, I can't, we got to show a picture and, and maybe we'll have one up with, with this when we, when we post the podcast. It, it, it was, we had a space heater because there was no window. Uh, the window there was that a opened. window. Okay, that, that, that opened. We, we had, it was dusty. There was a phone that had like a cord that you had to move it in a certain way in order for it to work. It, it, like you said, it had people's clothes in it, it but it was free right um when you leave a job like that in the prosecutor's office for six years you have every amenity available at your disposition and, and a great staff of people and that was great we i had literally I, I left before you left by a couple of weeks and um had nothing you know no secretary no staff nothing but there was something in that space in that moment that made me feel Comfortable. I, I don't know how to explain that. Like, I never took the prosecutor's job in an egotistical way. I didn't take it like, look at my great power and how great I am. I was blessed to have been given the job. I was in the right place at the right time. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not that you're deified when you get that. So it, this, this downsizing, if you will, I knew was going to lead to greater fruit, you know, down the road because there wasn't much lower from a professional point of view that you could get at. No clients. No business, no LLC, no tax ID number, a phone that barely works, clothes and dust all over the place. And in, you, I sat there, remember saying very quickly, oh, how the mighty, you know, tumble. But, mm. uh, but I wasn't saying that in such a negative, I just knew that there's only up from here. Uh, and, and during that period of time, me and you were dialoguing with one another which is probably the most tremendous thing that has happened, hopefully for both of us, but certainly for me. And I remember then we were going to my father's old office. You remember this? Sure, Orchard, okay. on Orchard, Orchard Street, Street in Bloomfield. We had a building, mm -hmm. but it was pretty much in mothballs at that point in time. And we went down to the basement and we were trying to grab every cord, computer, speaker, anything we could do to cobble together some semblance of the office while I was applying for the business and the tax ID numbers and all that. So again, I, I just, when we go back to that, we look at where we were in the hovel and then where we are now, 
But I, I, I knew that there was going to be something great that was going to come from that. I just wasn't going to be beaten up. I wasn't, you know, I was going to be resilient and I was going to move forward uh, in, in a positive way. So uh, it's moments like that that you really downsize, right, in the difficult times where you really get to the core of who you are as a human being, your faith, or at least for me, my faith, my spirituality, my resiliency as a human being to say it's certainly not the worst thing in the world. And you know what? I'm grateful. I remember saying mm-hmm. that, that I had a dad that had an office where they could at least provide me a space where I can, well, there wasn't a place really to hang your coat, but put your coat down. And then you came in shortly afterwards and it made it all good. Yeah, really. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember as a prosecutor, you're working for the county. Um, you have no clients other than the victims of crimes. And, and certainly you're, you're doing some good work there, prosecuting cases. And, uh, but you don't have to do any marketing. You don't need to create your own space. You don't have to have business cards. You don't have to worry about paying the bills. You're paid a check every two weeks. Yeah. And, but and you know, something about that made me feel soft, Dave. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, and I used to try to say that to people. Do you realize there are people that have to, quote unquote, hustle for a living? They have to go out and if they don't get paid, they don't eat or they don't pay their mortgage. And so, yeah, it was great to have those paychecks coming in every two weeks. But, um, you know, after having that for six years, I'm like, I don't know. There was something about it too where you're we're only allowed to do this one thing. You didn't have that creativity. I remember feeling that I was losing my creativity as a person. So you kind of get they pay you and you get a steady check, but by the same token, you give up a lot too. Yeah, but I'll, I'll tell you, you know, as the county prosecutor, Bob, I think you were probably one of the most creative prosecutors out there. Um, we were going through a difficult time in society. Um, there was the Ferguson type cases happening, and Bob, you were you were way past the norm on that on the community affairs unit mm-hmm. that you and Chief Chevelle put together. I mean, so when you say lack creativity, no, 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 I have to object to that. Yeah. And I think that you were probably the most creative in a time where it wasn't it wasn't uh, normal to talk mm. about community affairs or going out into the gymnasiums and touching base with the public. Yeah. And that was something, and that's something that's being done right now. Yeah. Because in it, with all these cases, the police shootings, all the things that we see with the body cameras and the pole cameras, and, and everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. The way to build trust into the community is to get into the community mm. and really be seen and build trust so that the citizens that, that you're policing know that they trust the police and they trust the prosecutors. And I, and I really, I have to applaud you in a sense that you were way past the curve on that one, getting out there into the community with your community affairs uh, unit. Well, listen, you know, great things happen when you have a great heart, heart space. And, and my chief of investigations, Bill Chevella, and the team that used to work, at, we said 364, pretty much, uh, out of the year, at nights and on weekends, volunteered their time to do that. And, you know, Dave, I don't even know if you're, I think you're probably with us, but when my hand came down from the Bible after being sworn in and I went downstairs, I created two units immediately in that office. One was community affairs and the intelligence unit. And you're right, people kind of like call it the lollipop club and so on, the, the community affairs unit. But the relationships that we built with the community, we're not only empowering from a personal point of view, that's where it came from the good space in my heart. Yeah. But when w- something happened and the community had wanted answers, do they have trust in you? Moreover, will they trust you enough to give you intelligence, data, 
where they, you know, and we did, and that's why I created those two units together. And one of the biggest arrests that we ever made for gangs, drugs, and guns was a result of a community affairs partnership that we had where we got information and intelligence that was sent to the intelligence unit that led to, I think, the biggest, one of the biggest seizures of drugs and guns in, in the history of the county. So it all worked together. Oh, no. I mean, look, there's there's this process. And, and, and we say it regularly here at the Bianchi Law Group because we've gone through a lot of growth recently post-COVID, and we'll get to that probably next week and next week's show. Um, but there's a process, and literally we wouldn't be here sitting in these seats mm. if we did not go through that phase. That Those six years that we were at the prosecutor's office doing that good and hard work, and you have much more experience than me because you were a former Hudson County assistant prosecutor to start. Then you were partners with your father at Bianchi and Bianchi doing civil rights and criminal defense. So you, you had a lot more experience, and, and oh, was that a blessing for me? coming out of the prosecutor's office because I was I was a young prosecutor. Um I had I had the um I worked with Ed Belinkus for a year before I went to the prosecutor, but I was a very young attorney going into the prosecutor's office. So I was an even younger entrepreneur, criminal defense attorney when I exited the prosecutor's office and literally the experience that you brought from the experience with your father doing it before really was so helpful to me in this very new entrepreneurial role that we were in. Right. So listen, I, I want to talk to you about the most daunting question that was ever asked of me during that period of time, but everybody's going to have to wait because we need to take a break. This is WMTR Radio, nothing but the truth of Bob Bianchi, Dave Bruno. We'll be right back. At the Bianchi Law Group, our team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys specialize in criminal defense and domestic violence cases. When you need a law firm with courage, compassion, and the commitment to fight for you, call the Bianchi Law Group today. You're welcome to WMTR Radio. Something about the truth. We're back. We're doing a show for the next uh, two weeks on uh, myself and, and Dave Bruno here uh, talking about mindset. That's what the show's about. So. You know, Dave, we're talking about uh, the transition from the prosecutor's office into private practice. But I'll tell you, something that really uh, knocked me a little bit for a mental loop, if you will, was when the career was unwinding. And, and not even sure if I want a second term, which is so ironic given the, the circumstances of how everything went on. One of the biggest things I missed was what we talked about, the community affairs, the ability to be able to touch people well beyond the things that we, the nuts and bolts of what we do. That's easy for me. Uh, trial law, running an office that way, investigations, homicide cases, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, losing that platform uh, was big because you knew you were helping people in so many different ways. But while it was going on, a very high level prominent politician in, in the state and myself uh, and a couple of others were out for dinner. And we were, I found myself in a parking lot talking to this uh, individual and they said to me, so what's next in the plan? And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in living in the present moment. I mean, we can touch the past for lessons and instructions. We can look towards the future for general places we want to go. But I, I like to get into the present as quickly as possible. And I love that job. I was working 16, 18 hour, hours a day uh, just, you know, doing, doing it. And he said, what's next in the plan? And I remember like trying to open my, you know me, I'm loquacious. And I'm like, I, there was nothing next in the plan. That mm. that was a career goal my father put into my head on my fifth birthday, literally, um, you know, saying that someday you're going to be the county prosecutor and, and, you know, working towards that, being a criminal defense attorney, being a prosecutor, being a civil rights litigator, trying to get all those qualifications. And, and then you get blessed by having this job. And then all of a sudden it's gone. 
And to me, that was always the pinnacle of what the career would be. So I did find that, like, what is next? And so I, I gave myself an opportunity to take a breath and say, you know what? Let's let me let things settle down. We start the law practice, but I just don't want to do it the way we always, you know, people typically do the law practice. So that's when we started going, we started seeing the inspirational blog on, on the on the website, our we start. I'm like, why can't we have a community affairs unit at the Bianchi Law Group? But who's to say we can't do that? Sure. And there were some people that were saying, you can't do that. And I'm like, is there a law against that? Is there a rule? Well, no, nobody does it. I'm like, great. Then I know I'm in the right place. And then Brene Brown, and we went and, and got trained by her. So there, there, the opportunity of being a lawyer is so powerful to me because you can be a traditional lawyer, like what we do with the Bianchi Law Group in terms of representing people, but you also have a platform to do so many things like what we're doing right now. Sure. I, I, what did you think of well, all that? Well, let's, let's talk about that because I know where you're going, but yeah, like I said, there's there's limitations as, as the prosecutor, the assistant prosecutor, because you're working for the county and there's not other opportunities other than what we're talking about here, that community affairs and prosecuting cases. So when we get out into private practice, yeah, we're building up the law firm. We're doing great work representing clients in criminal defense, domestic violence, and municipal court cases. But certainly, we go to San Antonio for Brene Brown. There's a workshop that Bob brings me to. And he's like, "We get, this is going to be an excellent opportunity. Let's do it. It'll be good for us. It'll be good for our clients. And it was. It was such an excellent experience. But that was really early into the Bianchi Law Group history where we're doing Brene Brown, we're going and we're learning, we're surrounded with uh, social workers and psychiatrists and psychologists that are, that are helping people individually with counseling. And we're looking around in the room and we're the only lawyers. And people were like, what are you even here for? Well, we're they, here. Yeah, they looked at us like, yeah. strangely, like we were going to do something, like serve them with process or something. But let's back up a little bit. Dr. Brene Brown is a famed psychologist. She wound up on Oprah, and she wrote the, the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And I was reading that book, and I love reading those kinds of books and those mm -hmm. things. And what struck me about it was that she, uh, a centerpiece of her book, and then ultimately her training that we went through that you're referring to in San Antonio was the man in the arena, the quote sure. by Teddy Roosevelt, which I had blown up and put throughout the prosecutor's office, which talked about the mindset, the mindset of, look, we're in a battle here. You, and that's fine if you're in that arena and you get bloody and you get marred and you get beaten up, so long as you're fighting the fair fight, as opposed to the people in the cheap seats who critique what it is that people that are in the fight are doing. And that resonated with me so much that she had that kind of perspective that when I read about this course in San Antonio, we had to go. And as you indicate, we were the only two lawyers in the place, but we had to actually go through the course itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. We learned from the curriculum that these professionals had to take their clients through. And I, I even said to Bob, I'm like, Bob, not only am I learning a lot about how to deal with people in problematic situations, but I'm learning a lot individually in my own reflection of going through that curriculum. So it's like, yeah, that's early days. And we've always been big into the whole person. With, mm -hmm. the, with these clients that come to us in very, very difficult times when you're charged with a crime, there's so much uncertainty that comes along with that. It could be your freedom is at risk or the job or a, a professional license, custody, the, the collateral consequences. Can, we could take a whole show talking about them, but literally these, these people come to us broken.
Um, I just had a conversation with a with a person that couldn't even afford us, but uh, Robert Esnes, our office manager, and myself, we we're talking about Ed Milet and Tony Robbins, and and we're giving out podcasts and books and things like yeah. that, and and literally that's what we've been doing for the ten years of the Bianchi uh, Law Group, giving out books and helping people find professionals to get them help, and it's it's been an awesome responsibility to help people in this way. Yeah, it, like we give the books the gift of, imp- of imperfection and rising strong, and we have some faith based materials that we give to the clients and they come in here look how i i've always said this one when i was prosecutor and i say the same thing now it's all about our individual power that we can touch people in a way beyond what we're being paid for that can make a rippling effect that you you live that you're that's who you are as a person and it's a help positively that next person and that person's helping somebody else out for us to have had at least three that i can think of say that us giving them some of those books like the gifts of imperfection they're thankful for the representation but they say it actually kept them from committing suicide i think is um i mean how do you put a value on how powerful it it is that we do that we have the platform and the ability to be able to help people well way beyond the nuts and bolts of a case but rather help them as people and then help us they bring us the greater understanding too i think that i said that as prosecutor too stop looking at the banal you know nuts and bolts of a thing I'm Understand that we're on the front row of human nature. We see a lot of good, bad, and ugly. And in it, there's always a lesson. And there's always a way to be resilient. And there's always a way to take your positivity, your energy, your intellect. God gave you, in my mind, all these great assets and tools. Let's let's share them with people. So I'm really proud of how we handle that. Sure. And also, we we know how the other side works as being former prosecutors and and we've started to grow the firm's been growing which allows us to help more people but coming from the prosecutor's office to the defense side of things we know that prosecutors don't know about our clients Mm. they basically open up a file when somebody's charged with a crime and there's certain components that is in the file which includes a criminal history the complaint police reports and all the things that are going to be used by the prosecutor to prove the case that a person's been charged with so it's the defense attorney's obligation i i'll say it bob it's their obligation Mm. is to humanize the client for the prosecutors so that they can come to a reasonable idea of what the appropriate disposition is and that's a benefit that we bring from the prosecutor side to the defense side and it incorporates Brene brown it incorporates the podcast and the books and everything we're talking about because we want to help our clients get through this treacherous process yeah okay so let's talk about the mindset set of a case a criminal case right so let's take it into a global point of view and look down i think the greatest deficit that i saw with the career prosecutors that i had the honor of of working with was that they many of them did not have the defense side in their background and and that's fine um but what they weren't able to see were the collateral consequences of what was going on in their lives the emotional torment and 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 most of the cases were handled we're not talking about people who we have to fear about being repeat offenders or things of that nature um so we we did a lot as prosecutors to say look our job is to do justice now somebody define for me what that is I don't know, but it's, it's like that. what they say, uh, like pornography. You know it when you see it. Sometimes you have to, in order to do justice, you have to look at the whole person. What does justice mean? Does it mean mercy? 
Does it mean, you know, deterrence? Of course it has those components to it, protection of the community, but also not hitting a fly with a sledgehammer. And how many times did you hear me saying that in the prosecutor's office? Just because you can give a person a gazillion years in prison doesn't necessarily mean that that is the appropriate way of resolving the case. And what bothered me about the, some of the defense lawyering that I saw was that they never did anything to humanize their clients. And after the case was pled and sentenced, or the person was found guilty and they were sentenced, then the defense lawyers are talking about what a great person it is, or extenuating circumstances or things that were going on in their life and i'm like why would you not have told us that when we were handling the case and they were like well it's really not a, a, a mitigating factor or they start throwing law at you and i'm like no but it puts things into context we would have looked at the case differently so i asked you as you guys as assistant prosecutors sometimes you have to do the job the defense isn't doing in order to come to a more reasonable and balanced it doesn't mean everybody gets to get out of jail free court by any stretch of your imagination i think the thing that impressed me most about what people used to view me as when i used to listen to it and laugh was that i was considered a real hard uh guy when it came down to things and other people would say oh he's he's very liberal very conservative very liberal and what they were seeing was that on the cases that needed to be conserved that need to be hit hard where there are serious crimes committed a continuing danger to the community i told you guys i don't care if you go into that arena and you lose the case we're not going to give the store away this person needs to be taken off the streets for as long as humanly possible but then 90 percent of the other cases dave we're dealing with people with mental illness addiction issues relatively minor crimes in those cases we had the power to be able to give them a hand up Final point, because we're coming to the end of this episode, but look, when somebody's charged with a crime, it's an, a life-altering experience, literally. And, and this, this is widespread. This doesn't have to be somebody charged with a crime. Um, this could be somebody that's going through personal issues and, and they're teetering. And, and, and there's two ways of looking at it. It's, it's dealing with your issue and helping yourself get back on the right path. And it's also just just worrying or being a, a victim that, that that is a key spot for people charged with crimes and maybe going through a lot to to get on the right path and sometimes it's counseling sometimes it's surrounding yourself with the right associations uh listening to the right content to keep you in that positive mindset and we're hearing this after guest after guest after guest i think it's one of the themes that comes through with all of the guests we've seen here at nothing but the truth okay this is part one of part two at wmtr radio is nothing but the truth with bob bianchi dave bruno we'll be back with more of our mindset next week we're the bianchi law group a team of former prosecutors and certified criminal trial attorneys but here's the thing he put himself in a box when he said my relied on by cnn fox news msnbc law and crime and news leaders across the country for our criminal defense expertise in a search warrant you have to have probable cause that a crime's been committed and there's evidence in a particular place when you need a law firm with courage compassion and the commitment to fight for you call the bianchi law group today 